If you enjoy listening to Chorology, then I need your help. Here's why. I create Chorology by myself on a shoestring budget, recording and editing every episode in my tiny closet. How's that for irony? That's where you come in. Will you help keep Chorology on the air by supporting it financially? By tipping as little as $1 a month, you can help me improve and keep making Chorology every week. All you have to do is jump over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to make a pledge and listen away. Hey friends, this is Matthias Roberts and you're listening to Queerology, a podcast on belief and being. This is episode 26. Anybody that's ever spent a part of their life where they didn't allow themselves to experience those first crushes or those first kisses or whatever it is, those first experiences, once you do experience that, it's the craziest feeling in the world. Trey Pearson made national headlines a couple years ago when he came out. Uh, He was the lead singer of the Christian band Everyday Sunday. Uh, And coming out, he put put all of that at stake and lost everything. He lost all of it. Uh, I remember listening to Everyday Sunday when I was... uh, probably 16 uh their song wake up wake up whenever that thing came on the radio i would like rock out that was my jam like i I was only allowed to listen to christian music or classical music so christian music it was and and i i loved everyday sunday and so when trey came out and and said to the world as as a married man uh who's married to his wife at the time uh to say i'm gay it, it was pretty incredible uh, Trey just released this last Friday his new album as a solo artist, his first album as a solo artist called Love is Love. And it's a fully queer album and it's wonderful. Uh, and I wanted to get Trey on the podcast to talk about the album, uh, to talk about what life has been like since coming out. Uh, and we really dive into some of the grief that comes alongside coming out. I think so often we focus on the joy, on the celebration, on the freedom, which are all huge parts of coming out. But there's also periods of loss and and sorrow and and things that we have to grieve in that process of coming out. So Trey and I get into that, among many other things uh, in the new album. Uh, I'm so excited to have Trey on, on the podcast today. I've been waiting for this album to come out so I can have him on the podcast. Uh, he's a dear friend. Uh, so let's go ahead and dive in. Trey, hi. Hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing today? Good. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Yeah. You know, I was just thinking about this is not our first podcast together. I was thinking it was, but we uh, we, we were guests on another podcast, uh, gosh, a year ago, I think. Yeah, I think it was like just a year ago, and that was... A, a weird. <laughs> It was very weird. Yeah, that was that was an experience. But, <laughs> but we, we we slayed it, you know. We did. We did a great job. It was good. <laughs> oh, too funny. Oh, yeah. oh, Are we talking about that? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> Bye. Oh uh, gosh. <laughs> so to start, um, this is a question that I ask everyone. Uh, but how do you identify? And then how would you say that your faith has helped form? that identity uh yeah i i identify as gay um and uh gosh my faith has been a long uh progression to uh to allow me to form that 
identity? Uh, that's a complicated question, mm-hmm. which maybe it is for most people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think um, I think that growing up as so many LGBTQ people do, uh, feeling like there is something wrong with me for being the way that I am, for being you know a queer person. Uh, I. I spent so much energy my entire life trying not to be gay that, uh, that honestly, I just think about, you know, it was really only two years ago that I finally accepted myself as a gay man for the first time in my life. And, and then through a long progression of counseling and, um, getting help, uh, really kind of coming to terms with that. And, uh, I think over these last couple of years, I've really thought a lot about how much psychological damage it has done in my life. And then, you know, being in a public position where, uh, I've come out, you know, on a public platform, having so many people reach out and tell their stories to me, uh, I've, I realized just, you know, how much psychological damage it does to so many LGBTQ people. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, it's. I don't, has my faith formed my identity? I don't. Maybe it has. Uh, it, it it's it's been because it's progressed that uh, that I finally have been able to accept my myself and and the way I identify. Uh, but uh, for a long time, my faith uh, tried to form my identity as a straight as a straight person. And, um, I don't know. I, I, I think, uh, it's weird to say it, but maybe like the biggest thing that my faith had done is probably like, uh, kept me from being able to, uh, accept myself for a really long time. And I'm, I'm thankful to where it's come in these last couple of years. But, uh, I don't know if I have a good answer for that. Yeah. I think I think it's it's such a deep, complicated thing, and um, you know, obviously, just what this podcast is all about. Uh, I think about how much, um, especially in our culture here in um, in the U.S. in 2017, you know, fifty over fifty percent of um, Americans that are uh, that identify as LGBTQ also identify as Christian, which is uh, surprising to a lot of people. And a lot of, a lot of evangelical people don't like to hear that or reject that or, or pretend it's not there. But, um, you know, when you think about how many people actually reject their faith because they're queer, and then the fact that there's still over 50% of people that identify as Christian, that's a, that's a huge percent. And you think about, um, I don't know, like all the things that, uh, we have to work through, um, to, to get to where we are and, and, and gosh, how to be who we are. And this is a bit of a long answer, but I was just, uh, I was just shooting my music video for, uh, my new song, love is love from the album. And, uh, the director who is, is identifies as straight, uh, he, he was just talking about how much I, you know, like the video is really, um, this music video to celebrate, uh, LGBTQ spaces like gay bars or, or dance clubs and, and really to, um, to see like 
the camaraderie and the um, strength that, that, that those spaces bring. And not only who resides in them, but, but really what those spaces represent of what they fought for <laughs> to, to even be what they are for so many of us today. And, um, and so I spent a lot of time really thinking about a lot of that. And when you think about just obviously so many of us coming from the faith world and how many of us still identify with our faith and how many people don't, but really grew up and feeling rejected, uh, of who they are because of their faith. I think, I mean, it's such a huge part of, of, um, of a lot of the LGBTQ world. And, um, and I think, uh, oh, well, I was saying the director, uh, he was just talking about how much I, he was just talking about how jealous he was of how much fun we all have together and what a beautiful place it was and how he wishes he could find something like that. And it really just sort of caused me to go down this rabbit hole while we were shooting uh, for these several days of sort of studying even more about uh, these LGBTQ spaces and just thinking about how much strength you have to find when so many of us grew up being rejected uh, because of our faith. And um, I never came to a place where I... Uh, rejected my faith i just continued to morph into uh into what made sense with the way uh i experienced life and the way that you know i think i've always been the kind of person that has pushed and pushed uh my beliefs until either they proved to ring true in my life or until they didn't, didn't work anymore. And I just, I think about how much I've had to, you know, like I said, how much I've had to unlearn to get to where I am. And, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I think, uh, today currently that maybe my faith, uh, I mean, it does definitely play a big role in the way I identify, but, uh, Gosh, I think, uh, yeah, what, maybe it's, I don't know what you think about this, but like, do you, you know, does, um, finally accepting myself, does that, uh, play a, uh, part on where my faith is or, or does my faith, you know, play a part on, uh, the way, the way I identify and yeah, I don't know. I think it's, it's some mixture of both. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I kind of, <clears throat> I mean, in some ways, it's a little bit of a trick question because I feel like they both <laughs> they both inform each other in in ways that I don't know that can be entirely separated. Um, and it's I I had never answered that question before, and someone asked it to me once, and and I just like stumbled through an answer, and I was like, I wait, like I should I should be able to answer this question better than I do. <laughs> no, it's but. it's an interesting uh, thought to try to try to work through and. Um, at some subconscious level, you're always sort of working through that, I suppose, especially when the two things have played such a huge role in, in your life and, and, and are a part of who you are. Yeah. And I think, and you highlight that, that tension of faith being in some ways a very negative influence, um, at least in trying to figure out your identity. Cause I mean, you said, you didn't really even self-identify as gay until two years ago. Right. And you're, you were pretty, I mean, 
I think so many people have the experience now of like realizing that when they're in their teens, but you weren't yeah. in your teens. Like, <laughs> no, I had been, I had been 29 for at least one year before that, <laughs> before that happened. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about how much my faith played a role in, I mean, it played the ultimate role in me not being able to accept myself. And uh, honestly, like just last night was just one of those nights where I was thinking about that a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, anytime I watch This Is Us, I get emotional. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like every week. And uh, and I'm I'm emotional every day anyway. But uh, I I don't know. I think um, I was just every once in a while, I think about how much of a role that's played in the decisions I've how that's been the central role of the way I've made decisions my entire life and, uh, how many things I've messed up, how many things I've missed out on. And then, you know, like maybe grieving even more because, uh, I realized that if my life hadn't have been so screwed up, uh, that I wouldn't have some of the amazing things that I have today, uh, like my kids, which I wouldn't trade the world for. And so that's a, a really crazy, weird place to be. And I mean, I think, you know, the only, the only consistent is in life is that it's very weird. <laughs> it's just always weird. There's it's, it's yeah. Pretty insane to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, I mean, like I said, I've been I've been listening to the album and like when you sent it to me a couple of weeks ago and I listened mm-hmm. through it the first time, like I I was in tears listening to it uh, um, because it, and, and this ties into that grief part. But there, there are portions of some of the songs, especially the last song, A Good Grief Part 2, where yeah. you, you sing, they say the truth will set you free, but there have been losses along the way. Like that's so much ties up that experience of coming out and and freedom and yet grieving the very real losses that come with that process. Um, Yeah. I don't think we often, I don't think we talk about enough of like the loss part of coming out and it needs to be grieved. It needs to be grieved. Yeah, no, I think um, that song, I actually wrote that, uh, part two before I wrote, uh, part one. (laughs) And, um, I had, uh, sat down, um, I had sat down, you know, just with a guitar in my living room at my house. And, uh, I was, you know, thinking about a lot of these things as I, as I do. And, uh, that one, uh, like a few of the songs on the, on the EP, um, I, I literally just, felt destroyed emotionally and um probably spent more time crying than i did writing the song but it just like it just sort of that and the hey jesus song just kind of poured out all very quickly and um and some of these songs take you know kind of take longer than others to write and and every once in a while a song just sort of happens uh very quickly and it all just kind of comes to you at once and i feel like both of those songs sort of did that and you know um i wrote them and then i spent hours just bawling my eyes out uh overwhelmed with the emotion of of what those meant and uh yeah i think 
I've spent a lot of time thinking about grieving uh, over these last two years. And, you know, it's like you said, I think people are scared to talk about that because people are scared that they'll think that means you're not happy or you're not, you know, like, oh, see, you know, something's wrong with him, you know, like, you know, and, and it's like, well, yeah, but the thing that's wrong is that it took this long to finally be able to accept myself. And people have no idea what kind of mental damage or what kind of emotional damage that does on your life to spend that much of your life uh, suppressed and not being able to accept who you are. I mean, it just, it's a, it's a traumatic experience. You know, I don't know how to put it any less, any lighter than that, but it's just like, I've spent the last two years processing the trauma that I faced suppressing myself for my entire life. And that is a lot to process. And, um, I think, gosh, yeah, I am the happiest I've ever been in my life. Uh, I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my life. I feel the most free I've ever felt in my entire life. Uh, but I've also lost a lot of things that have mattered to me for my entire life. And, uh, including like, you know, the, closeness that I had with, uh, family and with friends and with church and, uh, to sort of have that your whole life and, uh, to all of a sudden have that all like you realize, I mean, for me, I think I just realized it, it started to hit me harder and harder over several weeks and maybe even a couple months, but uh, I think one day, uh, the first time I said out loud to someone that I was gay, which was, uh, two years ago, um, first time I ever said it out loud to somebody. Uh, and I, I don't even think I said it that way. I said, I think I might be gay. And as soon as I said that, I, I said it to, uh, I called a pastor friend of mine. Uh, do you know Jonathan Martin? Uh, yeah. he's like an author blogger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know sort of a, that's another long story, but, uh, <laughs> he had shared, he had shared with me some things in his life, like that kind of a few months before that, uh, that he was going through. And we had just started becoming friends actually. And it's not like at the time, uh, that he was like one of my closest friends or anything. Uh, and I had other people that were affirming that I felt like I probably could have reached out to, but I think, I think there was a part of me that was like scared to reach out to anybody I was too close to. Cause I was still scared of this rejection, this idea that, Oh, well, I realized that they affirm other people, but I'm married to a woman. What if they're mad at me? You know? And, um, and so I don't know, I felt like safe, uh, reaching out to him. So I did. And, uh, you know, started talking to him about my whole life over a couple hours. And for the first time in my entire life, I said out loud to him, I think I might be gay. And in that, you know, like, I mean, first of all, like it just like to say it out loud felt like, the most surreal feeling in the world. Uh, every emotion you can possibly think from shame to guilt, to freedom, to hope, to all these things just came overflowing. And, you know, of course, uh, to finally unpin that, uh, for the first time in your life is such an emotional thing. And, um, I think I realized that night that, my life was never going to look the same again. And, and so, yes, I, I'm, I'm super grateful for this freedom, but I also realize that, uh, 
that there, that there's a lot that needs to be grieved and I need to allow myself to do it. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked about this a little bit, but, um, Rob Bell, who's, mm. who's a friend of mine, he had, has his, uh, kind of podcast as well. And, mm-hmm. um, he had this episode called the good grief that really inspired, uh, those songs, but also just like that, that was kind of my mantra, uh, over those, I mean, over those first several months, uh, of coming out to myself and my family, uh, it was, it was to allow myself to grieve because I knew that I had a lot that I needed to. And, um, every time I was able to tell somebody that I was gay, uh, it felt more freeing and more liberating. And, um, I finally came to a place where I felt so much joy and peace. And, um, honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that I could have found that joy and peace if I didn't allow myself to go through that, uh, grieving process. And, uh, um, I don't know when you spend this much of your life, not accepting yourself, there's a lot there to grieve and Mm -hmm. process. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think, I mean, there's, there's a poet and I don't, I don't know, the exact poem, but it, she she uh-huh. writes something like "grieve so that you can feel again." Uh, uh, Nairia yeah. Wahid, and I think that's so true. Like sometimes all of that gets caught up in our bodies, and and we have to let it out in order to be able to feel what we name as like the positive feelings, and it's it's a very real thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gosh. Um, so my favorite song on, on the album is rush. Um, like, I, <laughs> awesome. like me, too. It, me too. Really good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they all mean so much in so many different ways. And honestly, like, like at least right now, that's my favorite. I, uh, well, I'll let you get to what you're saying. Well, I just want, I was, <laughs> I, I was saying that, uh, man, like that, I did. I didn't want to make a, a full length album because it's like my first thing I'm putting out as a solo artist, right. and I, you know, left my Christian label. And uh, but I needed this thing to be long enough to sort of go through a lot of the emotions that I've experienced over this last year. And uh, and uh, I don't know. I I I have a huge uh, affection for for the song but go ahead what were you yeah. gonna say i'm sorry well, I, I mean i was just gonna say like i've had it on i've had it on repeat um oh, that's awesome yeah. and it's, it's so good but like that i can feel the rush this time like I, and i you know i don't know for sure what you're referencing but hearing it um and and imagining what it was like to feel the rush in seeing <laughs> Like someone that I'm genuinely attracted to and then being yeah. able to interact with him in a way that is so freeing and like <laughs> all of the feelings that come with that. Like what an experience. And I feel like your song just just puts that all into in into music. <laughs> and oh, like Well, thank you. Um gosh, like so you know, we just talked about the grieving and then like coming to that place of the joy on the other side yeah. and um uh i think it, first of all it just feels so good to be able to write a song like rush and fe- and genuinely like you said like feel all those emotions and honestly allowing myself to feel all those emotions for the first time in my life like um you know yeah the, i mean that song is is yeah <laughs> it's definitely about 
these particular things that I was experiencing. And there's so many first experiences that I'm just now getting to have for the first time in my life. And so to, uh, I don't know, sort of allow myself to experience that is so exciting and it's so overwhelming. And it's, 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 yeah, it's this rush of emotions that, uh, I think it's, it's so hard to <laughs> explain, but like anybody that, you know, I'm sure there's obviously a lot of, uh, of queer people listening to this podcast, but anybody that's ever spent a part of their life where they didn't allow themselves to experience those first crushes or those first kisses or, whatever it is, uh, those first experiences, once you do experience that, it's the craziest feeling in the world. And, um, and I, you know, I mean, I think the first time I, I got to, <laughs> uh, the first time I got to kiss another guy, it was yeah. just like, it was the craziest thing. Like, uh, I mean, it brings up again, so many different emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of it's excitement, but then there's this like small part of you that's going, Oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening for the first time in my life. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. <laughs> and, uh, like it's, it's nuts. It's so crazy. And that's, I mean, I, again, just talking about like, so so much of the damage we faced from not accepting ourselves before, but, uh, uh yeah i mean that song is uh uh yeah it it it's i don't even know how to put it into words but uh it's definitely very much about somebody and it's still a, a very fun exciting uh emotion and i you know i think i think it just feels really good like in and and the same way that the honesty of writing songs like uh good grief or Hey Jesus, like, or even, you know, Silver Horizon feel, uh, like these genuine, genuine emotions that are real and raw. Uh, so is Rush and to, and to put that on a record, like, um, and, and to feel so liberated and being able to put it on a record is, is, uh, is a really good feeling. Yeah. Cause like, I mean, you, you mentioned first kisses and like that, I mean, of course that made me think <laughs> of, of my first kiss with a guy and like, you're right. Like the feelings, like I just remember thinking with everything that you mentioned and the like trying not to cry, but like this is what <laughs> it's supposed to feel like. And all of a sudden clicking, like, wait a second, like this is what I've been missing out on my entire life. And, and it's just such a different experience, um, than one of suppression or trying to force feelings or, or yeah, doing something it's... because you're supposed to. Yeah. it's unbelievable i mean there's so many funny uh experiences that have happened especially over this last you know year or whatever uh where i i finally you know came to a place where i was able to start allowing myself to experience some of these things that they're mixed with so many emotions like uh oh my gosh i've been like all right i remember sitting in my mom's kitchen even in my early 20s like this is how messed up this is like I remember like talking to her uh about what what does it feel like to be in love to know you're in love like I didn't know how to process that kind of feeling because any feeling that I had towards a guy I process I I tried to process that in my mind of oh uh this is you know 
just what a friendship is supposed to be like this, these, these feelings I have towards this person. Um, it just must be that like David and Jonathan desire for an intimate friendship, you know, and, and you keep trying to like put that in another box. That's not romantic. That's not a crush. That's not a, um, yeah, romantic feeling. And, and then you keep looking for that romantic feeling in the opposite sex and it keeps not coming and it never comes. And you, you know, for me, I got older and started to think, well, maybe this is just what it's supposed to feel like. Maybe everything that I'd been looking for growing up, maybe it's just not like that. And what a depressing, horrible feeling, but that's, that's the way that that's the only way I knew how to process it with the worldview that I had been handed my entire life. And, and brainwashed to believe. And, uh, and so I think, man, to finally like have these first experiences with other guys and to all of a sudden have it just hit you. Oh my gosh, this is what it's supposed to feel like. And to like, I mean, I'm smiling really big right now just <laughs> thinking about it because I'm just like, wow, this is amazing. This is what all those love songs are about. You know, like right. I never knew it. Like right. I wanted to know it and I tried <laughs> to know it and I kept trying. Like, I mean, ask any straight person to try to write a love song about the same sex. And, they, you know, like I was actually that same director. He's, uh, yeah, I won't go into too much detail, but he's just talking about um, asking about what it was like for me and 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 you know, trying to put himself in my, my position where he was just like, yeah, like I can't imagine like thinking about forcing myself to try and, you know, be with somebody of the same sex. And he's like, that must be what it felt like for you for all those years. And, and it's sad how many people don't try to put themselves in that position to, to understand. But, uh, I, I think, um, yeah, like, I mean, the the emotions of of that song rush and uh even love is love like those are are very much like these songs that are turning the corner of this excitement of allowing myself to experience those things yeah and it's uh it's just it's so exciting like (laughs) i love it and then to have and then for us like for our community to start having music i mean there are a few other artists doing this but there aren't many to start to have music to put words to the experiences of where we know like the person who's singing the song is talking about this we don't have to like project onto straight songs yeah like oh my gosh like there's someone like I remember listening to Troy Sivan's first album for or album for the first time and just like the emotional experience of just hearing music by a queer person talking about my experiences where the lyrics aren't even that different from straight songs, but you Right. It, and you know, sometimes they naturally won't be and sometimes right. they naturally will be. But like one thing like that sort of like was frustrating to me this even with Love is Love, which uh my friend just said he heard it in a grocery store, like, just come on the speakers, which yes. I'm like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> but, like, you know, it's not like going to top 40 radio, at least at this point. And I was talking to this manager, this music manager, uh, who who does pretty well. And without, like, trying to sound bigoted, like, he pretty much was telling me, basically, because it said love is love. And there's this, like, obvious, like, sort of same-sex, like, romantic attraction going on. Like, maybe it wasn't as generic as, like, a Sam Smith song or or something like that. But, like... Uh, which I love Sam Smith, don't get me wrong, yeah, but, yeah. uh, and his new albums amazing. But, mm-hmm. uh, I just, you know, like he was like basically trying to tell me he didn't know if top 40 radio would play it because like, it's, 
uh, obviously talking about this like sort of same sex like love experience. And I was just like, really? Like, I don't know. Like, I think maybe maybe I've uh, gotten so drawn into the uh, LGBTQ world where it's like hard for me to think that uh, there is enough uh, like I, it's it's cr- I, I'm interrupting myself, but it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. To, I'm not going to let you interrupt me. I'll do it for you. It's crazy to think about when I was so involved, like consumed by this, like sort of evangelical homophobic culture uh, by the time I got outside of it. And once you're outside of it long enough to like sort of realize how crazy some of these things are, uh, it's you realize most of the world doesn't even think that way anymore, mm-hmm. especially, well, especially in our culture in the U S it's like, uh, you know, most people are, are pro gay marriage. Most people, uh, and, and when you're sitting in that evangelical world and you think that even like, you even think all the Christians think this way, like you think, Oh, this is how, uh, if you're, if you're a follower of God, this is how you think. And it's just not true. And one thing that sort of drives me crazy uh, that it took me being on the outside of it to realize is when you're growing up in that, and I'm sure a lot of people listening and you could probably even relate to this, but like when you're growing up and, um, you know, you're talking, you're being taught how to be on fire for God. And there's all these sort of rules, right? Like, you know, uh, God's against gay people. You don't have sex till marriage. You, uh, um, have to like be a part of youth group and Bible study. And you gotta be like sold out to your church and like, spend more time being a part of like church events than like, like the rest of life, I guess, like being a part of like your neighbor's lives. Like, uh, and, and you, you're taught that that's what Christianity is. And then you hear that like most of the United States, uh, claims to be Christian. And the way that like so many people in that evangelical world brush it off is, uh, is sort of like, Oh, well, they're not real Christians. They're not like really, you know, like, yeah, it's like, well, maybe, maybe that's not right. Actually, maybe, maybe a lot of these people just don't see it like you see it. And, um, I don't know. It, it is interesting. Like, uh, I think I've gone so much sort of to this other side of, uh, surrounding myself by, with people that are, um, you know, affirming, loving people that, uh, I see that sort of, homophobic evangelical community is as such a minority uh you forget how much influence they still have on so many things in our culture and uh and how much needs to be fought for uh for equality and and all kinds of things but um you know just even you know just sort of like what you're talking about like yeah we 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 have every right to have songs about uh you know same-sex relationships as you know anything uh you know like on the radio or in culture or, you know, like for our community or, you know, in movies or wherever, you know, I think it's so important when you see, uh, not only like, because there's always been queer people in the arts, uh, let's be honest, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. Uh, but to see it in the forefront and that it's not something that needs to be hidden or pretend that it's not there, but to really like embrace ourselves and be out and loud and proud. And, uh, I don't know, that's, that's, you know, definitely been a huge motivation of even a song like love is love is to embrace that and celebrate that. And, um, and yeah, there's this, I don't know, like I said, this exciting feeling of 
being able to put all those raw, real emotions into songs is it, it feels it feels unreal. Yeah, yeah, and like I mean, um, sorry, you cut out there for a moment, and so that, that threw me off for a second. <laughs> oh, sorry about uh, that. You're good. No, um, let's see, where was I with that? Um, I had something to say, but it just ah! out, so. <laughs> no, it's good. Well, you were just talking about how like it's important for us to have songs expressing our love, uh, right. you know, like where you know it doesn't feel like we have to project on other songs, which you know we're never gonna get sick of, uh, you know, Lady Gaga songs or, or Seriously. you know yeah. whatever. But uh, no, I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, and and oh yeah, so and so you you'd mentioned that um, after coming out, how how we do tend to surround ourselves with people who believe similarly similarly to us and who are affirming and and Mm -hmm. like that that bubble like i mean i moved out to seattle where this i mean this city is so progressive and i forget i mean we we get caught up in our little bubbles and then begin to forget about what it's like back in that world it's what family's for right Keeps you reminded. Oh yeah, that's so true. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, but for I, I'm wondering, like, for people who are listening, because I know there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast who cannot come out because they live in that world and it's a very real mm-hmm. reality. Um, yeah, and and maybe like, and I mean, you're someone who was in a mixed orientation marriage for years. Um, what would you say to people who are maybe in those spots who can't come out or who are in mixed orientation marriages and don't feel like they can come out, um, mm. who are in those places of where that freedom is still kind of a distant reality or yeah. hope even, not even reality, but hope. Like, Yeah. Um, I just had somebody uh, talking to me uh I don't know. I think it was on Instagram or something like that. But uh, it was talking to me about how they're at a at a Christian university and they're so scared of like coming out while they're still at school there and um, sort of the consequences that could could bring. And um, I get it. And you know, like what I was saying to them is like, man, like I've been there, and I just wish you could see what the other side is like because it's. It's crazy. I mean, it's like being in love with like um, somebody that's wrong for you. You know, it's like all your friends can tell you that it's wrong for you, but you can't really see some of the like major flaws until you're on the outside of that relationship. It's kind of like that where it's like you are you're you've been so ingrained into this culture, you know, or or say it's like, you know, being a part of a a church where that is where you were kind of made your whole community at and um you're so scared you're going to lose everybody you love uh if you come out and that it may destroy your entire life and um i will say like uh some of those are valid fears to be super honest like Mm -hmm. i don't want to pretend that they're not because uh because when i came out i lost everybody I, I, I live in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I've always toured out of Columbus. Uh, I mean, I live in other cities for months at a time sometimes, but that's always been like home base for me. And when I came out, you know, like 
it is crazy to think about like how much my community I lost. Like I felt like I had moved. You, you literally did move to Seattle. I felt like I had basically moved to Seattle or somewhere else because I didn't feel like I lived in the same city. Like, I feel like I felt like this person that was a transplant that had moved to a completely new city that didn't have anybody except like my oldest sister. And I, uh, it took me a long time to rebuild community. So like, I get it, but I also, you know, and that's what some of these songs are about that grieving process and, and, uh, letting go of things that you always thought they were that way, another way, or you always tried to make them another way. And it, and there's, there's this grieving that has to come with getting through that. And at the same time, I would never imagine, I never imagined my life could be this amazing. I never knew that there was this kind of freedom that was going to be able to be for me in my life. And I, I just literally, I think I had given up hope that I could ever experience that kind of being in love, that kind of, uh, freedom, that kind of, uh, uh, liberation. And that's a, that's a depressing, lonely, scary place to be, but, um, I get it. But I, I would just say that just do what you can to take a step to get a glimpse of what somebody else's life is like, or what life could be like. Uh, outside of that world that you're in right now. And, and, and that's, I mean, that's the importance of us telling our stories because as we tell our stories, it gives power and hope to people that don't realize that life can be that way. And, um, um, and so maybe I would just say like, find people's stories, listen to people's stories, seek them out and find, because there are so many people that have the same experience as you that you have no idea about. And I mean, uh, I had no idea that there were so many people out there that had had the same experience as me. And, um, uh, it, yeah, that's the beauty and that's the power of, of telling your story. And that's why it's so important, uh, for us as, as queer people to tell our stories because, uh, because, um, that's what sets other people free. And that's, that's what set me free. That's, I, I, I believe that's probably to some degree, it's what set it sets everyone's everyone free, uh, is, is finding that power through hearing somebody else's, uh, ability to find the strength to do it mm -hmm. and how that gives you your own strength. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think the power in story is just so profound and cannot be understated like goodness it's, mm. yeah uh trey thank you so very much for joining me this is yeah, yeah this thank you been, for having me yeah. uh it's always a pleasure and i wish you lived closer to me but i'm going to be coming to seattle on my uh ep release tour so yes. we will we will celebrate together great i look person. forward to that very yes, soon very much and yeah um good luck good luck with all of the the album release stuff and and yeah we'll, we'll talk to you soon thanks for having me guys you can find Trey's new album, Love is Love, wherever you get your music. Uh, and it's also streaming on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, so go check it out. Uh, Trey is all across the internet at Trey Pearson and TreyPearson.com. Uh, 
Uh, Quirology is on Twitter, at QuirologyPod. And now we're on Instagram. Thanks to Tori, forcing me to get it. There are no posts yet. If you think Quirology is worth a dollar a month, would you maybe consider helping support Quirology financially? Head over to MatthiasRoberts.com support to make a pledge. Another really easy way to support Quirology is by writing a review. You can do that right in your podcast app or head to MatthiasRoberts.com review and it'll take you right there. As always, I'd love to hear from you. Reach out. Tell me who you'd like to hear on the podcast, what topics you'd like covered. And until next week, y'all, bye.